Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that we might hear from you. Amen. The water I give to you, says Jesus, speaking here of the promised Holy Spirit, the water that I give to you will become in you a river welling up in to eternal life. That's John chapter 4. My spirit, Jesus is here saying, will be unto you like a steady streaming river of life, true life, abundant life. My life, Jesus says, that I will share with you. You know, Christian claims about this Jesus are really crazy when you stop to think about them. Utterly absurd, really. Our claim that this crucified man, Jesus of Nazareth, that this child born of Mary and sentenced to death under Pontius Pilate, that this same Jesus, somehow more than just human, that this same Jesus was not only raised from the dead, but that soon thereafter ascended into heaven, into God's realm, and that still today, which is to say that still this very day, this very minute, retains in heaven his transformed humanity, and that he shares the spirit of that transformed humanity across the boundary that separates heaven from earth. The boundary that separates the already from the not yet. That we claim this as orthodox Christians. When you really stop to think about it, it is absurd to believe such a thing. Yet believe it, I do. Believe it, I do. Yes, the water that I give to you, Jesus says, concerning this very spirit that he shares with us from heaven to the present where we are. Yes, this water that I give to you, he says, of the spirit will become in you a river welling up into eternal life. I remember the first time I ever went white water rafting. It was the summer before my seventh grade year, and my family and I went with a group from our community swimming pool. We went to a river in West Virginia, and upon our arrival, I remember learning that there were two options for which river our group could raft. There was the upper river, and there was the lower river. Now, the lower river was, without question, the more exciting-looking river. It had big rapids, and it was advertised as being like a nonstop roller coaster. The other river, meanwhile, the upper river, well, this river was advertised as being calmer and milder than the other one, as being much safer, as being far steadier. Well, as a 12-year-old boy, you can imagine my dismay when I learned that we would be foregoing the roller coaster-like lower river in favor of rafting down the slower, more meandering upper one. I mean, boring. 
Well, I complained and I protested and I politicked and I pushed back, but all to no avail. No, we rafted down the upper river on that trip and that was that. And that is the end of that story. And here now is why I tell you this utterly riveting story. I tell it because I think that this image of a choice between two rivers, of a choice between a more overpowering, more exciting-looking river and a slower, steadier, calmer, surer river, I tell that story because I think that this is an apt metaphor for Paul's ultimate point in his letter to the Galatians, a point that is ultimately about the choice that we as Christ followers daily face between the spirit of the risen Jesus and opening ourselves to it and being carried away by it and the spirit of our wayward world. I mean, sure, Galatians is about circumcision and about how for those in Christ, circumcision is no longer necessary. And sure, Galatians is about how we have all been made one in Christ Jesus, no longer Greek or Jew or Gentile or whatever. And sure, Galatians is about all of these things and so much more besides. But Paul's primary point in Galatians, the reason that any of these other things are even mentioned the prior condition for all of those, for everything else. Paul's primary point concerns the risen, ascended nature of Jesus and the predicament that we face as Christians and followers of that risen Jesus for daily faithful living. The decision we face for daily faithful living and how the shared spirit of the risen Jesus is something that we now have access to daily. Our way of being, a way of living, is on offer to us that will slowly and surely yield in life overflowing. Or to connect Paul's point to John's imagery, Paul is saying in Galatians that through the Holy Spirit, shared with us by the risen Jesus, Paul is saying that through the Holy Spirit, we have access to a slow, steady, sure river of life. To an ever-flowing stream that will quietly lead us further and further toward and into the image of the one already awaiting us in new creation. We have ever-ready access to this river, Paul is in effect saying. And that the risen ascended Jesus makes this always accessible. But, Paul is saying, we must choose over and over and over again whether this is the river that we want to open ourselves up to. Whether this is the river that we want to journey upon. For there is another river, Paul is saying. Another river that we also have access to. A river that to the naked eye often appears more exciting, more emotionally enrapturing to us. One that draws us in with more immediacy. One that, like, say, reactionary middle school children, we tend to more readily open ourselves up to than to that steadier, 
quieter, slower, more certain river. Are y'all following the metaphor here? You see, there are these two rivers. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious, Paul says. Anger, enmity, jealousy, strife, dissensions, faction-forming, quarreling, things like these. Ah, the lower river. So much more excitement atop those waters. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness and generosity goodness, its faithfulness, its gentleness, its self-control, the steady upper river, so lovely, so calm, so quaint, so steady, so sure. Let me ask you this really quickly. Have you ever looked at the studies, the empirical studies, that demonstrate how much dopamine gets secreted per different human emotion? Seriously, cognitive neuroscience can now empirically demonstrate which emotions engender what kinds of dopamine highs. Dopamine, of course, being the neurotransmitters that when secreted make us feel good. Have you ever looked at the studies about which emotions secrete the most dopamine? Do you want to know? Anger and envy and enmity and strife and outrage and quarreling and dissensions and faction forming and fear, you know the things Paul calls the works of the flesh. The things Paul calls elsewhere in Galatians, the elemental spirits of the world, that which I am here calling the lower river. Yes, when it comes to the two rivers of spirit, that are always accessible to us as human beings. As lovely as that upper river might sound, as calm and as quiet and as sure and as steady as it may appear, we all tend by nature, like my seventh grade self, to be more viscerally attracted to the lower one. We just are. Again, scientifically verifiable. Oh, dear family, right this moment, and I mean right this very moment, the risen Jesus offers us the spirit of life, the spirit of real, true, full, abundant life, offering as he does to share with us out of the abundance of his own resurrected spirit so as to slowly and surely transform us further and further into his image. That offer, because of the resurrection and the ascension, because of where he is and because of how he now is, that offer from Jesus is on the table, always. But we have a choice 
to make, a daily choice to make. For as lovely as that offer is, there is always another offer on the table. And that offer is the offer of an elemental spirit of anger and enmity and dissension and strife that volatile and chaotic and disruptive as it no doubt is nonetheless issues in far greater levels of immediate gratification in terms of how it makes us feel. It just does. This again is empirically verified. We are magnetically drawn to what Paul calls the works of the flesh. And so this is why Paul, even though he, of course, had no access to the kind of empirical data that we now do, this is why Paul in Galatians stresses that we must make this daily choice for ourselves, that we must indeed open ourselves up to the one spirit over the other, and that we must continue to open ourselves to the one spirit as opposed to the other. Paul does so because Paul knows that despite our better angels, despite our best intentions, despite any protestations that we might make otherwise, Paul knows that still, as sinful human beings, we gravitate toward the works of the flesh, toward the elemental spirits, toward the lower river, even as sincere Christ followers. Thus, Paul says, if we are led by the Spirit, in other words, if we really do claim to be followers of Jesus and to be desirous of taking on his resurrected life, then if so, if we are led by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Hidden clause here and not the other one. In other words, Paul is saying, sure, I know that the lower river looks more exciting, I know that the rapids there are more appealing to our corrupted, broken human nature. I know how much we like to gossip and malign and hate and form factions and nurse enmities. I know how good that feels, but don't choose that river, he's saying. Choose the other one. Over and over again, choose the other one. Choose the one that flows ever onward toward joy and peace and patience and self-control. Choose the one that issues in love and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness. And don't just talk about such virtues as these, Paul is saying. Instead, open yourselves up to the very spirit that makes them possible. If we live by the Spirit as we say we do, Paul says, then let us also be guided by the Spirit. Two rivers. Yes, he who trusts in me, says the risen Lord Jesus, the one high and lifted up, the one sharing his spirit from the already of new creation here into the not yet of creation present. Yes, he who trusts in me, says the risen Lord Jesus, I will give water welling up into eternal life. Two rivers. Two spirits. Two outcomes, 
One choice. One choice over and over and over again. Would that we choose wisely. Would that we choose the upper one. Over and over again, would that we choose the upper one, which is to say, would that we live by the Spirit. And would that we be guided by it. And all God's people said, Amen. And I'll be down front right now for any for whom.